Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Alliance Guys podcast. This is a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. I'm your host, Jay Cal, and joining me this week are DKM and once again, the returning former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion, Kevin Frazier. Kevin, welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. Glad to be back. Glad uh, this is just a blast for me. I, I, and me and my buddy Bull and uh, my one of my old friends Jamie, we will have conversations via text. But you know, uh, to get to get online and talk some wrestling with my friends, it's it's a blast. And and honestly, I've been needing something kind of like this for a while. So thank you guys for letting me be a part of it. Absolutely. And D Cam, how are you this evening? I'm ready for a nap. always ready for the nap uh you know i am too what a week it's been and it's only wednesday so um uh if you guys didn't notice uh jaden isn't joining us today and uh, we'll be talking more about that momentarily um you know there's the elephant standing in the front of us we can't really get (laughs) around it so we're just gonna take one bite at a time uh the news broke this morning that the NWA and Jim Cornette will no longer be working together. Jim Cornette resigned, and I am using my fingers in quotation marks. He resigned from his position as a broadcasting, uh, a broadcaster with the NWA. And it comes as no real surprise considering uh, last night's uh, outcry, outrage, um, whatever, however you wanted to, to call it, uh, the show last night. Um, well, for all intents and purposes, was a pretty good show for NWA Power, and we'll get to that momentarily. Uh, but during the course of the first match of the night, uh, our world's heavyweight champion in an impromptu uh, exhibition match, Kevin Douglas, uh, the exhibition <laughs> match, um, he uh, uh, invited Trevor Murdoch out to come wrestle and have a you know an exhibition match just to see how things were going to uh, kind of fill out the big guy. And uh, the match itself was in my opinion, really, really good. But there was something uh, said on in the commentary booth that kind of, uh, well, it's really what a lot of people were focusing on. Um, I think the the expression was regrettable. Um, I think in the 2019 climate, I, I know a lot of people took it the wrong way. Um, I don't think what Jim Cornette said in and of itself was an effort to be racist or say something hateful um i think it was a bit of uh in bad taste but i don't think it was said with hate if that makes sense and uh of course i'm referring to the comment and i'm paraphrasing because i don't have it written down here in front of me uh but jim Cornette said something along the lines of trevor murdoch was so tough that he could ride on a moped with a bucket of chicken on his back through somalia um a lot of people took to Twitter and said that's racist. Um, but as a, as a child of the, of the eighties. And uh, I think Kevin, you can agree with me. We, we all grew up knowing that Somalia was a country that was malnourished, that was going through famine. Um, there was a lot of starvation happening in that country. And I think that um, Jim Cornette's comments were more implying that the people in Somalia were hungry, but wouldn't mess with Trevor, Trevor Murdoch even if he had food. Um, I think that, I think the whole situation is a little bit regrettable. Um, you know, clearly there were people upset and there are people still upset on both sides of the fence. Some people who are pro Cornette who are very upset with the NWA's actions to, um, well, I mean, Cornette resigned, you know, and I use that in quotation marks. Uh, but, uh, there are a lot of people upset that the NWA issued an apology on on his behalf and said that uh, that shouldn't have happened. There's a lot of people who are happy that Cornette is gone. There's a lot of people who are, are upset that the phrase even made it to air, considering the process of which the show is produced and edited and, and, and cut. Some are arguing that the phrase should have never even made the airwaves, that Jim Cornette was a scapegoat. So clearly there's a lot of emotion connected to this, and uh, we're going to go ahead and, and just take uh, one bite at a time. Uh, DKM, why don't you share with us your sentiments on what happened and, and how you feel 
the NWA uh, handle their their approach to this? Okay, first, let me make clear: I have not watched the show at all. So I didn't see it was live when it was live. I never heard the comment. Uh, I can't speak directly to what was said. I've heard basically the same thing you said. The key was that you didn't just say bucket of chicken, you said bucket of fried chicken, which people believe has a racial overtone to it. Like you said, I don't think he was meaning it in a racial way. Uh, I was, I am unhappy with how the NWA handled it. And not just this, but this kind of goes back to when they issued a statement before over something Jim Cornette said and when I'm sure a lot of these same people whine that he was promoting suicide or something like that when there was absolutely nothing really in his statement that had to do anything at all with suicide. And the NWA overreacted at that time, had to issue a statement over what was nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. Some people you know, got on Twitter or wherever and had a fit and contacted them. Uh, according to Cornette at the time, Dave Logana called him and asked him what was said, which means he never went back and listened himself. He never, he, he never did the investigation. He called Cornette and then still had me to issue a statement. And that was just ridiculous. What Jim Cornette said was dumb. He shouldn't have said it. But a lot of us know what goes on in post-production stuff like that. And at some point, Lagana or somebody should have listened to the entire show before it was ever published. And if they listened to the entire show before it was ever published, they obviously didn't have an issue with it. If they didn't listen to the entire show before it was published, they're idiots. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I take that. <laughs> they're idiots. And then, so then the same people, I mean, look, Jim Cornette's controversial. He's been controversial since he first got into the business and started giving promos. He tells when he was on TBS and it was after they had done the angle where he burned Ronnie Garvin and he and the Midnight Express come out to start the show because he had been banned for a couple of weeks. So this was his big return or whatever. And he made a comment, something about he lit up Ronnie Garvin's face like it was, you know, the challenger or whichever space shuttle had recently uh blown up right said all of a sudden the lights dim all the you hear all the cameras go down everything stops and someone comes out and tells jim that dusty wants to talk to him for those who don't know dusty Rhodes was the not only the booker but the producer for the show and so he goes to the back, Dusty meets him in the doorway and says, don't mention the challenge, kid. <laughs> and he goes back out and redoes the promo. He has very strong opinions. He's pissed a lot of people off. Wrestlers, fans, the like. There's a group that guns for him. Right. Uh, gosh, it's the truth. No, it is. And so, you know, the same group who may or may not watch the NWA show at all, uh, you know, had a fit over the thing. They start doing this. So, you know, the NWA took the actions they did in which they basically, once again, threw him under the bus. And then come back and say after he's resigned, well, they're taking steps to make sure something like that never happens again by redeeming things better in post-production. Well, Dan, if you'd done your jobs in the first place, you wouldn't have this issue. 
And really, that was the only statement they should have made. Now, we understand why some people find this offensive. We don't agree with it. It doesn't represent our views, and we'll make sure that in the future that things like that don't make it to the air. But now what's happened is that in an effort to appease one group, they've pissed off a whole other group. I'm one of those people. Jaden is one of those people. That's why Jaden's not on the show. And so, I mean, and then you got people like Nick Aldis coming out and making statements. Camille came out and made a statement. They challenged some of the fans who didn't like it or were mouthing off. Don't get into it with the fans. Let them express their opinion. Keep your mouth shut. Or make a simple statement like you support management or whatever. But right now, they have representatives of their show arguing with people on Twitter. Yeah. Okay, that's stupid. (laughs) And so, you know, my problem isn't my problem isn't that Jim Cornette's no longer with the company. My problem is that they themselves fucked up. They're blaming him basically for all of it and saying, oh, please don't hold us responsible and screw you guys that don't like what we did. Well, Okay. You don't need me as a fan. I'll be off from somewhere else. I like boxing. I like MMA. I like some of NXT. You don't want me as a fan. I don't need to be a fan. I'll be off somewhere else. And that's my view. Well, champ, let's hear your, uh, your point of view. Um, well, first of, first of all, uh, I want to say, uh, Devin, DK, Devin, you're my friend. Uh, thanks for coming on. Cause I know you were hesitant about it and thank you for coming on and expressing the way you feel about it. Uh, and I'm going to express how I feel, but I do want to say that nothing, I, you know, this is not, I'm not trying to get on here to try to prove my point over somebody else's point. If I say anything that may be contrary, uh, it's not because I'm trying to rebut or refute anything uh, that Devin said or that I think my opinion is any better than anybody else's. And I'm not saying that to be PC. I'm just saying it because, you know, in this world today, we need to be able to have differences of opinions, not necessarily always agree with each other, but not take our ball and go home because we don't or immediately draw battle lines in the sand just because maybe – one person feels different than the other. And I thought this was a great opportunity to have people from different approaches and different opinions say what they have to say. And then in the end go, okay, I respect your opinion. Maybe I don't agree with it. Um, or maybe I do, or maybe I don't agree with all of it, but I do agree with some of it. And I think we need more of this kind of thing. Um, and if we do have more things like this, where we can come to the table and talk about stuff, we're not going to have so much uh, polarization. And maybe that's my uh, my statement about why I was really excited to do this show tonight. That being said, my my take on the whole thing, and again, I one of one of the things I asked Jay before I got on the show was, you know, can I express how I feel about stuff, um, not just give a generic opinion? And you know, I have some personal connections uh, with this entire uh, program from the, from the production team that are producing the show to the, to the broadcasters, to the wrestlers in the ring, to even you guys covering, have been covering the show and, and making an effort to give the national wrestling Alliance, uh, extra publicity, which has always been, uh, something when I was a wrestler, I was extremely, uh, appreciative of, but even now it's, I'm appreciative because now I can be involved with it. And so I'm just going to tell you how I feel about, about, about the people involved 
And first I want to talk about Jim Cornette. So personally, on a personal level, you know, I did a tryout for Ring of Honor in 2010. Jim Cornette was one of our agents. He was uh, – Delirious was in charge of the wrestling – in-ring wrestling aspect of the tryout, and Cornette was in charge of the promos portion. Before we went, they sent us out a email of our itinerary and what was expected of us when we got there. And part of it was the format that we had to follow – uh, when we presented our promo and this was something that Cornette gave us in the email. I don't know if it, I know the email wasn't, uh, was, wasn't specific to each wrestler. wasn't, you know, he didn't write me an email, but it was a, it was a general email from Cornette to everybody that was invited to the tryout um, about what was expected. And the itinerary he sent me was the same itinerary that the WWE gives you for a promo and even when I went to school this year uh, to do public speaking at a Bible college, <laughs> the same format that we used for <laughs> promos in wrestling was the same format we used when actually preaching a sermon. Hmm. And so you'd be shocked that this is a legitimate thing that people use all over the world uh, for public speaking and for uh, getting up in front of the camera and, and basically are getting up in front of people and conveying uh, your ideas with emotion and those types of things. And actually, you know, just making a point and all that. My point to say this is, is that I was very impressed with Jim Cornette in that capacity. His, he was a nice guy. Uh, he wasn't a jerk. He extremely professional, extremely informative. Uh, and I would say some of the feedback I got from him was what I applied when I did my promo for the NWA world junior heavyweight title a couple of years later uh, that had everybody go, man, that was a great promo and was a huge reason why I got the push that I got. And I, and I in an indirect way, have Cornette to thank for that because that promo style or that, that method that we used, I still, even to this day, if I ever do public speaking or get in front of an audience to speak or preach, it's still, a, it's still an, out, an outline I use today 10 years later. Mm. Um, so all that being said, like I, I'm not going to come on here and say Jim Cornette is a bad person because I, on a personal level, I can't say that. But what I can say is as a fan, as someone who watched Cornette growing up, uh, as someone who even, you know, after I became a wrestler and even after I retired, I've just never had a taste um, for his type of humor his type of presentation so i would say i like him on off camera but i don't really prefer anything he does on camera and i don't think i ever really have and uh, you know i know a lot of people aren't going to agree with that people love the rock and roll express and i don't care for them either <laughs> I'm, I'm not here to i'm not here to agree with people just because it's a popular thing and i'm not also here to say that just because you like cornet that you know there's something wrong with you or you're a racist like him which i'm not saying he is i'm just you know, I'm not here to like draw lines in the sand. I'm just going to tell you how I feel about it. Uh, in wrestling, we have certain, you know, you have people that can get on a microphone and, and are very eloquent in the way they, they say things. I, I take Adam Pierce, somebody that we've all had a, had a history with uh, in some form or fashion, who could be a heel on the microphone, but at the same time, I mean, be eloquent and be well-spoken. Um, you know, get oohs, ahs, laughs, and ha-has, and, and whoa, uh, any kind of reaction he wanted from the fans, but do it with a certain level of tact and intelligence. Uh, I can definitely say I have a higher respect for someone like that than someone like Cornette who will just say something to make people mad just to get a reaction. To me, that we have a term for that that's called hot-shotting. And again, I, I just, I never found him impressive, ever. Never, ever. Like, ever. I've never had an, a, a big regard for him on camera. And I think when I saw that he was a, an announcer for the National Wrestling Alliance, I know this is a long-winded, long way around to get to the point, but I really feel like it's relevant. When I saw that he was going to be an announcer, I thought, oh, I know why they have him on there, because he was an NWA guy. This is a throwback kind of thing. He's a throwback. But at the same time, the first thing I said when I saw him, I was like, but this guy's a liability. Yeah. Uh, especially today where, you know, like, look, it's not 1980. You know, I'm, I'm sorry that it's not anymore, but it's not. You know, my favorite professional wrestler, if it was still 1980, would still be alive. <laughs> Carrie Von Eric. Um, but it's not. And, and we are in a different climate today. 
it is a day definitely a day and age where you know social media went from a novelty to an actual entity and it matters and you know the nwa has people that are promoting their product that are a part of their product whether it's on social media whether it's you know if you count youtube as social media but they are accountable to the people that watch their show and it, they're accountable today definitely different than they were in the 80s when Cornette was a big thing. And even today I can say, yeah, he's still a big thing. But I was thinking about this today about the Rock and Roll Express too. It's like, you know, sure, Michael Keaton is still famous, but you think you would really cast him as Batman now? No, you wouldn't. Not unless you did an old broke down Batman. He's just not believable. <laughs> Batman just Beyond. Somebody, well, that's just because somebody's... <laughs> that's what they're just because, about that. But just because someone is famous... <laughs> You know, just because someone has a name and can draw people to come to see them doesn't mean they're still good at what what they did back in their heyday. And that's how I feel about the Rock and Roll Express. They're, you know, I may give them a hard time, but in reality, like, yeah, they, they had a name and they are a name and they'll probably always draw more fans than the, the young wrestler trying to make his name right now. But that doesn't mean that they're actually better in the ring or better at what they do or they lend any kind of credibility or believability just because they get a crowd reaction. And I feel the same way about Cornette. Just because he's a name and people know who he is and he can draw a certain aspect of the audience, at some point, and WWE is very good about this, not great, but they're better at it than a lot, it's sometimes it's time to move on. you know. And even then, I'll still give WWE crap about still having The Undertaker and some of these guys that are just should just be done. you know, Make an appearance and shake hands and sign autographs, but putting them in the production of the show when they really are past their time of relevance, like we're seeing with Cornette right here, it becomes a liability. And again, I'm with you, Jay. I don't think Cornette was truly making a racist statement, but his racist statements that are, are floating around on the internet, they're easy to come across, don't help his case. And I also know, yeah. yeah and, I, and, and I also know what he was trying to say, but the point is, is if you, you don't make a Ronald Reagan joke, in 2019, it's not relevant. <laughs> you know, like, like he's been saying that since the 80s. Like, I'm, I, I just think it's it just why make a statement like that? Come up with some new material that's relevant to today that makes sense today. And on the flip side, you're not going to run into being, you know, misunderstood or or again, if any. And this is this is the truth. As a as a Caucasian male, if you make any references about fried chicken and any any version of an African American or an African, immediately you're stepping into to really mucky waters. And if you don't know that, you're just not paying attention. And if you can't if you can't control your mouth or your typewriter and understand the audience that's out there, then you probably shouldn't be saying or typing. And I know that's kind of harsh, but this is the world we live in. And at some point you just have to accept that this is where we are. Now that's kind of how I feel about the cornet thing and and ultimately uh, to make it really simply put i'm not a fan of cornet and i really have been when i saw him as an announcer on the show i cringed i thought this guy's a liability i can't believe they they're trying to upstart a program and they're going to put a guy out there who really and truly doesn't care whether he buries them or not because he's got his own thing going on um and so i just i don't think he's he's necessary uh for this this show to be successful I don't think he's necessary even at all in professional wrestling today in terms of a of a vocational role in something in a relevant product. Maybe he's fine signing autographs next to Virgil, but I, I don't really care for him in my products that I'm watching any more than I care for the Rock and Roll Express or any other of these has-beens, you know, but are still famous guys. And again, you know, you want to have an old man versus old man match like they do in Japan, fine. But don't put these guys in there with, with these wrestlers that are in their primes. Um, that's how I feel about that. I'm going to always feel that way about it. And, I'm, and, and I feel like my point is very valid because I'm a guy whose time ran out on my career because the old guys wouldn't get out of the way. Um, and, and maybe I'm bitter. Who knows? Um, moving on to how the NWA handled this whole thing. I, I honest to God have no idea how I, how I would have handled it. Because if I'm in charge of a big company like that, I'm just now an upstart. I'm just trying to get a fan base going and reestablish a new fan base plus an old fan base. 
they were kind of, you know, darned if they did and darned if they didn't in this situation. I don't think there was a clear cut way they could do stuff. They could do something in this and not come out making somebody mad. But here's the reality of the world we live in. That's just where we are right now. I mean, this is everything is so polarized that if you draw any line in the sand on any way, one way or another, you're going to make some people mad. I think the NWA ultimately made a decision to to go with probably the um, I would say the younger audience in this case, especially given social media and the younger audience is going to be a lot more sensitive. They're going to be a little different and they're not going to, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to expect some sort of apology or something of that nature. And that's what I think happened here. I think a lot of uh, the older NWA fans and fans that have been, you know, fan of national wrestling for a long time. And again, I know there's going to be outliers here where you're going to have some younger fans that are mad and then some older fans that aren't. I'm just, I'm just trying to generalize here again, no matter what I say, I could probably make somebody mad. And that's, again, where we are. Um, but I just think they went, they had to pick a, pick, a, pick a direction. And I think they went with the direction on the side of, look, we're not going to want to be viewed in the light of, uh, of racist or uh, insensitive to any group of people because we're going to want everybody to watch the show. I felt like they had to make a decision. And I think the decision they made was, was the best decision for the company, maybe not for Cornette. Um, but, it was, but if they want to have a future, especially in social media, uh, they had to make that choice as far as I was concerned. So long-winded answer, but that's what you get. I just, uh, as you were talking, I reached over and pulled a book out um, to kind of show off on the camera. It's called Crushing It by Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, and I, that's in lieu of you crushing what you just said. I, I A lot of points you just made, I wholeheartedly agree with. A lot of points Jaden, excuse me, a lot of points that DCAM made earlier, I agree with. A lot of the points Jaden was making to us in a group chat earlier, I agree with. It, we're in muddy, muddy waters. Um, there is no winner in this, right? There is nobody that's happy. No one walked away today saying, good, I'm happy now. It just didn't happen. And it's easy to blame James Cornette. It's easy to blame the guy that said it. You know what? He was announcing this is his shtick. It's been his shtick forever. On Twitter today, um, someone showed me a uh, <laughs> sent me a direct message of Jim Cornette saying that same same line verbatim for Big Big Bubba Rogers back in I think in what uh, 1986. The same exact line. He said the true crime here is the recycled material. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard, guys, because. For the last, what, 15 years, 13 years, I've been the biggest NWA apologist there's been, period. I've been there for all the ups, for all the downs, for all the sheiks, for all the Adam Pierces, for all the Colt Boom Boom Cabanas, for all the Blue Demon Juniors, for all the Cahaguses and the Rob Conways and the deals with New Japan and the deals with Jack Specific and the deals with Impact Wrestling. I've I've been the fan that's that's constantly tried to look for the positive and i still to this day 13 years of of running a website and podcasting about the nwa i'm still trying to look for positive but this one's hard because again the waters are so muddy jim Cornette is jim Cornette. when he signed up for this the nwa knew what they were getting they knew exactly who they were getting and a lot of people like you, Kevin, cringed. Hell, I took a step back and thought, huh, so that's how we're going to play this. It wasn't a matter of if Cornette was going to put a, his foot in his mouth. It was a matter of when. Um, but to be honest, he fell on a sword and I think unfairly fell on the sword for the NWA. Because as much as I'm boys with the guys in the front office and as much as I've you know, hung out with these people and have established relationships, Ultimately, that comment should have never made it to air. That comment was made at a live broadcast. That comment was made in front of a studio audience. It wasn't filmed in a void. It was filmed in a group of people. There's directors. There's people listening to audio. There are cameramen, uh, Joe Galley. All this was happening. People were there. They heard the comment. 
and nobody changed anything. Okay. So then it went to mm. editing and who's responsible for editing Dave Lagana. Billy Trask directs the show. Dave Lagana is the prime editor. Well, I hate to break it to you guys, but Dave Lagana isn't going to fall on the sword. This is Billy Corgan's vision. This is Dave Lagana's show. Um, what what were people expecting to happen? We weren't going to see Dave Lagana come out and say, "Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and take a a leave of absence, or I'm going to go do some sens- uh, some uh, sensitivity training." No, that comment made it to the air. Now, maybe it was a mistake, which is sure. But to then DK's point, what the hell? <laughs> if, it, if it was a mistake, then why aren't you coming out and apologizing for that mistake? And and better yet, why aren't you doing your job better? This is an, a, a, a 20 year, year two of a 20 year plan for an upstart promotion that's been around for six or 71 years. Okay. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt as much as I can. But in this instance, there's a lot bigger problem than Jim Cornette saying something that was regrettable. Were people out to get Cornette? Absolutely. 100%. You guys, he antagonizes. A large following on the internet. You, you, I'm the first person to always say that wrestling is like Baskin Robbins ice cream, right? There's 31 flavors. If you don't like your chocolate chip cookie dough, then go try the mint chocolate chip. And if that doesn't do it for you, how about some Rocky Road? We got some strawberry sherbet over here. There's different flavors. Cool, man. Go find the flavor that you like. Cornette is abrasive. Cornette says, hey, look, there's only one way to eat this ice cream. And you're all doing it wrong. Well, of course, that's not going to sit well with a guy who's, you know, legitimately flipping people with his manhood. That's not going to sit well with a guy who's using light bulb tubes as part of wrestling. Um, so, yeah, Cornette is abrasive and Cornette has made himself a, a target. So, of course, the first time something negative happens with him, everybody he's pissed off in the last year and a half, two years, three years, ten years, whatever, are going to point the finger and say, you're the problem with wrestling, Jim. And I think that's what happened. And it's unfortunate because, honestly, uh, in, in, in DKM, I think you will agree with me. And I think if Jaden were here, he would agree as well. The show has actually been pretty good. In mm-hmm. fact, in fact, I know that DKM has said in the past, it was his favorite show on television. His favorite wrestling show on television. I mean, anything Batman related is certainly going to win. But anything wrestling related, uh, <laughs> the NWA was the show. Jaden said, hey, it's his favorite hour of wrestling on TV every week. Now, due to the mismanagement of this issue, they have both decided that they're not going to be watching the show anymore. And although that's not my approach, I completely understand why. And there's yeah. people, there's, there's, a, there's hundreds of people. Man, uh, again, being an apologist for the NWA, I see it. If, if I didn't see it, people send it to me. Hey, Jay, what do you think about this? Hey, Jay, your boy Cornette went off. Hey, Jay, Cornette just got fired. Hey, Jay, Cornette just resigned. I mean, I couldn't hide from this today, guys. This was literally inboxing me since uh, about 6.45 this morning. I'm at my daughter's uh, student of the month award ceremony, and I'm getting messages on my phone. Uh, people are sliding into my DMs through Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Oh my God, did you hear what happened? Of course I did, guys. Of course, I know what's going on. But um, it's big news. And it even got picked up by the mainstream media. I mean, it's it, 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 there is no winner today. We all lost on this. This was it, it was something that could have been avoided, and it wasn't. And because it wasn't avoided, a group of fans were bound to be alienated. And so, wow, that's great. Google just jumped up on my computer. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Absolutely, please. Can I play conspiracy? Lighten the mood. Just for fun. (laughs) So, 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 okay. Yeah, because I, I, I enjoy conspiracy theories uh, like I would dessert. It's not the main course, but sometimes they're fun to play with. But here, here's a, here's another interesting thing is that. You, you said something that actually sparked this because I was talking okay. about this actually with my clients at work today. 
Um, a lot of times they, I'm there, I'm there. <laughs> they, they always ask me all the typical questions of wrestling. And of course, all the, all the gym members at the gym <laughs> that knew I was a wrestler come up and, you know, talk to me about wrestling and stuff. And so this was, this was a little bit of a topic today. And, and one of my clients, um, you know, was saying, you know, wow, that, that's very coincidental that they let that quote unquote slip uh, so that they could have a quote unquote scapegoat so they could quote unquote get mainstream media attention for it. Uh, and I thought to myself, you know, that is interesting because for me coming from the industry, it's not above a professional wrestler or a professional wrestling company, especially one with people who know how to work the system uh, to make, have an accident happen so that they could get in trouble so they could turn right around and apologize for it. Um, I, I, I'm not kidding you. Like this is an actual tactic that we would, that you would use uh, in a storyline and knowing the people who produce the show and knowing the people that are involved in it, at least some of them, uh, I, I would, I would guarantee you they would never openly admit it. But at the same time, you know, like you were saying, how, how does this slip past production? How does this be such an obvious thing to pretty much everybody involved that even if you don't think it's racist or if you don't think it's, you know, necessarily um, something worth getting in trouble over, but, and maybe somebody else might, but you're going to hear that and go, you mm -hmm. know, that is a little controversial for today. And so either, either, yeah, like you said, they're doing a terrible job of editing, but there's also the, again, cons the conspiracy theorist to me says they got a mainstream media attention for this. Um, they were the talk of Twitter, the Twitter world today in the, in the professional wrestling uh, spectrum, given the fact that all the other things that have been talked about in wrestling over the last few weeks, um, you know, they've only had their own little sector of it, but now they've started to kind of bleed over uh, into some of the more mainstream uh, wrestling talk. Is it possible that for one, uh, no one, no, everyone knows Cornette doesn't care whether he's a part of the product or not. Um, is it possible that they heard this? Uh, they knew it was said and they thought, you know what, we're going to, we're going to throw it out there and see what happens. And if worst case scenario, something, someone, you know, someone take Cornette gets the fall. We can let Cornette take the fall for this, but at the same time we get the media attention, we get to play the, the, you know, Oh, well we screwed up. Um, and here's another thing that, that wrestling promotions definitely know is that they think they know that no matter how mad they make their hardcore fans, they may leave, but they're coming back. They're going to come back. Um, is it possible that this is something that might have been let slip through the cracks for the sake of getting, I don't give them credit for being obviously gotten today. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I understand what you're saying and yes, they're, it's one of those things you don't put above wrestling. You know, there's the old saying, everything in wrestling's a work, everything in wrestling's a shoot. And, uh, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I don't put above something like that happening. I don't give them the credit to be smart enough to plan it out and think that way through. Well, like, think of it like this. Maybe they don't plan well, it out, but maybe they see it in the production. I mean, I really, editing is, I think they saw it in the production. I don't think they thought it was a big deal. And mm -hmm. I think they went into mm -hmm. overdrive when there was a reaction. And again, who you're reacting to, mm -hmm. I don't know how many of those people actually watch the show. You know, you know seriously. <laughs> I can agree with Jim that. Jim has such a <laughs> no, I can agree. big following of people that love him and a big following of people that hate him. Mm -hmm. They're going to jump on anything. I don't know that any of the, I don't know how many of the people that actually watch the show, and yes, there are some, but how many of the people that were being all vocal and all crazy, I think they panicked. And then they did something, something they probably shouldn't have done and you know like jay said no i'm not expecting dave lagana to fire himself or whatever but i am expecting him to own up and say <laughs> hey you know we are the ones responsible as the people who put the show together 
that that made it out. And we'll address the issue with Cornette and we'll put protocols in place to prevent things like that happening again. Can, and, can, can I just say one thing real quick too? No. J- just on top of what you just said. Sure. Jump it's in. It's my show, darn it. Um, <laughs> what, what you said was kind of interesting. And, and I, you know, I keep doing the quotations when I say resign. But how do we know Cornette just didn't say, you know what, this isn't worth it. It's not fun. You guys are are trying too hard to appease an audience that just doesn't care for me, and I don't want to really be a part of that anymore. I mean, uh, Friday, we're going to know what Cornette's mindset is. He's never been one to hold it in, and um, he's got the perfect platform. He doesn't need the NWA to tell his side of the story, and you better believe Cornette's going to tell his side of the story. Um, it, we're speculating we're speculating that the NWA asked him to quit, but maybe he just got tired of it. Maybe he just got tired of, Hey, you know what? This isn't working out for me because you guys keep walking back these things that I say, and I don't think you need to. And, and, and this isn't Jay's opinion. This is uh, I'm, I'm assuming or, or posturizing that maybe this is James Cornette position that, you know what? Forget it. Why? What, what's the point? I'm not enjoying myself. And again, you guys are walking back everything that I say. Or, or trying to get me to apologize or trying to put a, you know, a square peg into a round hole. It's just not going to work. I mean, is that, am I crazy for thinking that? No, you're not. And I've even considered that. I've, I've considered that fact even. Nope. He may have just said, you know, well, Jim Cornette, there'd be several profanities. And just, Expletive. Yeah. I, and he very, I mean, I can tell you for sure, no matter whose idea it was, his attitude was, I don't care. Um, yeah. He, I mean, I, yeah. I'm going to disagree a little bit with some things Kevin said. I mean, whether you like Jim Cornette or you don't like Jim Cornette, that's fine. We all people, we all have people we like and we don't like. Uh, that's fine. But as a, I listened to his podcast. And certainly it's not for his political views, for those who don't know, I lean conservative. And, you know, and things like that. But when you listen to him break down a show and break down like what, you know, what his problems are in AEW or what his problems are in, you know, various things. Or how you should go into a commercial break and how you should come out of a commercial break and stuff like that. I mean, it's hard to disagree with the man. And so, I mean, he knows the business back behind the thing, stuff like that. And if you listen to his, if you listen to his uh, announcing where he did it for MLW and where he's done it on past NWA events and what he's done on the show so far, and I'm assuming they won't edit out all his voice for the rest of the show. I know so. Uh, you know, uh, there's not really anything to complain about with it. Yes, I don't like 60-year-old wrestlers going in and winning <laughs> titles. Uh, I've made that clear in the past. I wasn't happy when Ricky – I was I was like Kevin. I wasn't happy when Ricky Morton won the junior heavyweight title. I'm not happy that the Rock and Roll Express won the tag team titles just now. Spoiler alert. Uh <laughs> Thanks, DK. Yeah. You know, and all that. But this isn't. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. They just won the tag titles? Oh, (laughs) gosh. Come on, man. We got to save that for the next show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Save that for the next show. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Hold on. Sorry, guys. I just threw up in my mouth. Oh my God! So we're going back. We're we're roll. We're taking wrestling yeah. back fifty years. And All right, carry on, carry on, carry on. That's just, but I. The problem wasn't with. I think anything that Cornette has done up until this one line. Now maybe there are other lines, other places. I don't know, but you know, really, it was this one thing. They had already overreacted once. They overreacted again. 
So like I said, the problem isn't whether Jim Cornette is still working for the NWA. If they talk, shook, if they talk, shook hands in parted, great. But just I, the reason why I tend to wonder whether it was him just saying, you know, F it is because that's not really the way the NWA was presenting it. And I think they would, I think they would have presented it differently. Yeah. If that had happened, I think if they had just had a long conversation said, you know, after talking with him and stuff like that, he feels he's going to be a detriment. So he doesn't want to overshadow the product, blah, blah, blah. That's not what they said. Yeah. And then again, when you have Camille and you have Aldous and it seems like there was somebody else too coming out and having to defend this when they should probably shut up, then, you know, that's why we're putting quotes around the resigned. Yeah. Well, I mean, and- I, I've resigned before where the option was resign or you, you know, how do you want to look in your <laughs> file? Do you want to right. say that you resigned or do you want it to say you were fired? Yeah. So I, I want to bring up a couple of, a uh, couple of points. One point was that actually DK, you, we actually agree uh, in terms of on where Cornette's uh, biggest value is. And that's off camera and, uh, giving giving advice about how a show should run or how a wrestler should wrestle. I feel like at this stage, that's actually where his strength is. Uh, I don't feel like, I feel like he's more of a liability uh, than an asset in terms of on camera. Um, and that that's where I stand on it. Because again, like I said, on a personal level, I, I don't really have a problem with him. It's just more on camera. I just feel like I, I just yeah. don't have a taste for it. Um, and that's so I think a opinion. In that regard, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you know, that's a legitimate yeah. thing. That's I don't all particularly. It is, I mean, I've never been a fan of Jerry Lawler. <laughs> I mean, there you go. So, so, but I also want to jump in too, and 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 actually, it's actually touching on something you said, uh, DK, and I think that we could all kind of fill up filibuster <laughs> on this. Um, that was a Dusty Rhodes. Anyways, um, I'm just filibustering. Um, but one thing we could talk about is, is h- how do they go forward with this? Like, do you, do you, because every, every person that is enraged or outraged or however you want to call it with Cornette is not going to be happy with him calling matches going forward. So my thing is, is if you're going to take him off the, the product and you're going to reprimand him for what he said, and you're going to appease the fans that were upset about it, which, Hey, if that's the direction they're going to go, I probably would agree with it. But how do you how how are those fans going to actually watch the show going forward with Cornette still this whatever they think of him a racist or whatever however they want to dislike him so to speak um, how are they going to actually get behind the product if he's still on the show I mean if it's me and and I and again I I I'm pretty familiar with some of the guys in the production area I know that Cornette was probably in a channel. And that he can easily probably just be his channel can be completely muted out uh, of the show going forward, and maybe they uh, can bring somebody into dub over. I, to me, I think that's all you can do if you're going to take the guy. If he's going to resign, if you're going to reprimand him, how do you go forward in the show with him still calling matches uh, on these pre-taped shows? Let, to me, that's actually a very let, interesting let, let me address that because and, they and fi- they filmed about. nine weeks of television back on September 30th sure. and October 1st. They did. Uh, they they the the plan then was nine weeks of television. So that leaves us down to about two months of TV uh, before the pay-per-view and before the the new TV tapings. Now. Just an assumption. Again, no one has directly told this to me. That that actually shorts them about one week of TV. I kind of thought, I kind of assumed, no one's again has uh, said this directly to me, that they would take Thanksgiving off and maybe put a, uh, a collection of uh, matches leading up to this point, maybe do a best of the first you know seven weeks of television, and then have two more weeks leading up to the pay-per-view. That way the show is shot, this stuff is already taken care of, um yeah, Cornette on commentary. I gotta be honest, 
uh, I don't think they're going to do anything about it. I think they're just going to leave it as is. I think, honestly, I think they're just going to say, hey, <laughs> we made a mistake, but this is already shot. It's already produced. It's ready. It's in the can. It's going to cost, it's going to cost money to bring somebody in. It's going to cost time, mm-hmm. which, and let's be honest, Lagana, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is another, I think, a problem for the NWA, and I don't mean to go too far off, but Lagana is very spread thin. So, he is Billy Corgan's guy for production. So when Billy Corgan is going on his one-man band shows or his concerts or Smashing Pumpkins or whatever, Dave Lagana's in tow documenting the whole process, which is cool as heck if you're Billy Corgan, which is awesome because you're going to have all these memories and all this video and all this cool stuff. But Lagana's full-time responsibility should be to the NWA. So he's literally cutting shows hours before they air. Again, maybe another reason why he missed Cornette's comment is you're doing so many things at once that you're spending so many plates that something's bound to get broken or fall off. And you know, then you have to apologize, but for him to now at this point to go and redub that audio, bring somebody else in, cut out shots where Cornette is speaking with Joe Galley or how they are both interviewing a potential wrestler or setting up a certain promo. Gosh, I just, I don't see that they have the time, money, or energy to do that. And well, and this kind of goes back to my statement of I, how many people who were upset were people that watched the show. Right. And, I mean, I really – and, yes, there are going to be some. I'm not saying that, that there are none. Right. But I really think the majority of the complainers are not people who really watch the show. I mean, they have 200,000 to 25 uh, views, you know, an average or something like that. I mean, that's a very niche audience. Right. And, and you've upset a portion of them. And I don't know that you would have upset as big of a portion uh, the other way, because again, these aren't people who are looking for you know. Whoa, whoa! Yeah, DK, it's getting hard to hear you, buddy. Muffled, little muffled there. there. Can you hear me now? Can you throw that now? one back out? That's yeah, better. Throw that one back out again. Uh, whoa! So there we go. Uh, anyway, my my point is, I don't, you know. A hardcore NWA fan is probably somebody that's going to has a higher chance of relating to Jim Cornette than not. And so I, again, this isn't what the end result was. This was the handling of it. Sure. But, you know, that's the problem. And, you sure. know, if, and if they're spending too many kids, again, so, that's their problem. Yeah. Yeah, I I think all that. I, so I wanted to kind of say, um, because I know we're we're digging, we're we're running up on an hour, and I was hoping maybe, even though DK, I know you didn't get to watch the show. Hopefully, um, I, I can coerce you into watching it, um, because it was a good, it was, was a pretty good show, and you, you know, maybe want to take a minute just to, just to talk about maybe your highlights of the show and. Uh, maybe uh, Jay, we can through some of our coercing, talking about some of the high points of the show. Uh, we could convince DK to watch the show. Maybe, maybe sweet talking back into. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, run again, him. the whole idea of this show was uh, I didn't know if we were even going to get to the actual episode, and um, you know, maybe. <laughs> Part of me is like saying, hey, you know what? Let's just call it a night. Let's just end the show. And we could talk about the wrestling another night. Um, I do want to say, if, you're, if you've been churned off from the NWA and you're done watching the NWA, still go, go out of your way to check out Aldis versus Trevor Murdoch. I know that's where the controversy happened, but um, honestly, that was one of the better matches I've seen on NWA Power. Uh, whoa. Um, Trevor Murdoch actually looked really good in this. Um, they were setting up storyline going into the future with Camille um, coming in to talk to James Storm. Uh, 
ex- yeah, James Storm and uh, potentially setting something up. You know, Storm was out there yelling and screaming and, and and just going bonkers. And Camille comes out there, whispers in his ear, and you know, James Storm uh, utters the catchphrase, "Sorry about your damn luck." Um, we had, uh, you know, we had Royce Isaacs and Thomas Latimer come back out again. And, uh, you know, this was, I still believe this was a good show. We, we had, oh yeah. Something else we didn't even get to because of all the controversy is Eli Drake finally made that first move to being a hill when he attacked, uh, Ken Anderson with a turnbuckle, um, and, and I mean, that's setting up an angle that's setting up storyline. That's it, it's, you know, we're, we're seven weeks into te- television and we finally have an angle for Eli Drake. We finally have an angle for Ken Anderson. They're not just waiting around talking. There's something happening. Um, we had the, the return of uh, Melina. Uh, some of you guys know Melina from the WWE, a former women's champion. And now she is the, uh, the Phoenix, if you will, that, um, that uh, Thunder Rosa was talking about and her and Marty Bell have formed some sort of trio, some, uh, some, some for the team. I- I'm not sure if it's a stable or if Melina is managing them. I'm not really sure, but uh, she made her presence known. Uh, Ricky Starks took on the question mark and it's the first, <laughs> yeah, your boy, your boy, Ricky Woo! Starks. Who... That dude is so oh, much Ricky! fun. Hey, 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 hey. This yeah. may decide whether I decide to watch the show or not. Will I be happy with who wins? <laughs> well, that match went to a no contest. So the answer is no. No. So it's set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I, let, let me say this, DK. You'll be happy uh, that Ricky uh, didn't lose. And then that set up a tag team <laughs> match for later in the night with um, Ricky Starks. And uh, Colt Boom Boom Cabana teaming together to take on uh, the question mark and Aaron Stevens, a returning Aaron Stevens. And well, I mean, look, did he have on trunks that were a decent color? He actually, for the majority of the match, he was wearing a tank top and blue <laughs> jeans. And at one at one point, uh, used the flesh color uh-huh. tights uh, towards the crowd. But um, ultimately, I think. I think the show was actually really good. <laughs> and outside of outside of uh, Cornette's comments yeah. that were regrettable and outside the kayfabe cocktails, which to me are more offensive than the actual, the actual thing that James Cornette said. <laughs> um, oh my God. Like, okay, it, real quick. Agreed. I need to say this because this is on my heart. As somebody who's known <laughs> uh, females on, who've been man. victimized in that way with a cocktail, um, it breaks my heart that the NWA is so yeah. tone deaf to this. And and that I think is a, a greater problem than what James mm-hmm. Cornette said. And I think, I don't know, you know, I, I, I want to believe that it's just uh, boys being boys and having fun. But to me, it, it almost borderlines rape culture and normalizing that. And I think that's awful. Uh, I, I've got three kids that are all girls, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm scared to death that this is going to happen to them someday. And I don't like that they make fun of it. And I know Austin Idol's the universal heartthrob, and I get it, but it just it comes off as creepy. It comes off as offensive, and re- really yep. that turns me off the product more than what James Cornette said, honestly. Well, I I, I want to jump in on that too because I did see the see I I honestly for one I didn't laugh when I saw it. Uh, I didn't get it. I had to like scroll through comments to, for people to kind of explain it to me. And I, and, and again, once I did get what they were trying to say, and then I rewatched it, um, I, I just kind of go, you know, like uh, we talk, I talk a lot about this with my clients. Uh, and I did a lot of this, talked to this, a lot about this when I was a wrestler with other wrestlers is, you know, the risk reward factor right. is huge when you make a decision to do something. And you know, whether it's a move you're going to do in a match, whether it's an exercise you're going to do in the gym, or in this case, whether you're going to put content out, if you're going to make take a risk, uh, at least right. have a sense of like that you're actually going to get something out of it. To me, this is just like such a low reward for such a high risk. It's just, again, I think tone deaf is the best way to put it. You just kind of go, maybe, maybe they may need to sit down and think about who's producing this who's coming up with ideas 
And, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I didn't get it. And then once I, once I see it, and again, I can see where people are going, yeah, look at, look at what it, what it could be saying. Um, again, I, I don't think, I know we're in a sensitive kind of offend me culture and, uh, I, I, and in reality, that's where we are. So if you want to try to make it something it's not, uh, you're, you're just going to be fighting uphill and, and wishing for something that's not going to happen. Instead, and I've always, I've learned this a lot over the last couple of years, is that if you want to affect culture, no. you don't wa- you don't walk up and slap it in the face. You shake its hand, uh, and, and you 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 at least develop some trust. Uh, you at least develop a little bit of like credibility with whoever it is is mind you're trying to change. And if we want to change the culture, whether we're talking about the you know culture as it is with the bi with kind of the bipolar scenarios where you have people split so far from one side to the other or with the PC type stuff. I mean, if you want to make a change in that, you're not going to get it by walking up to people that you don't agree with and punching them in the face with what you think they should do. The best thing you can do is shake their hand, get to know them, build some trust, build some rapport. And at that point, then maybe you can change the conversation. So if we don't like that people are so easily offended then maybe we should actually have a real conversation with them, not continue to offend them and hope they're going to change their mind all of a sudden. And again, I think this is a bigger problem uh, than just one commercial, but I think the tone deaf thing, uh, the cornet thing, I think it's kind of the underlying same issue is that, you know, I want to throw back wrestling show as much as anybody, but let's bring back the things that were good about throwback wrestling and not, not the things that, it may be out of touch. Well, I'm, I'm uh, offended by the world by that. we're in right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, <laughs> okay. I, that gummit. I need to throw this in, then I probably need to get out of here. <laughs> you know, it's, it's getting late for me. I'm old. Yeah. But uh, sure. just on that commercial, I, I intentionally did not bring it up earlier because I didn't want it to be a, you know, well, look what they did type thing, you know. Right. But it has been brought up. Mm-hmm. You know, it is one of those things. I mean, we live in what is to me an oversensitive culture. I mean, we, and what I say about that commercial is we live in a culture where you can't get the song Baby, I'm, Baby It's Cold Outside played on the radio. Because if you listen to the song, it's two people <laughs> flirting back and forth. But the way people want to take it today is, Oh, but he's trying to get her drunk so he can take advantage of her. Listen to the song again. And the joke behind this kayfabe cocktails, and a guy and I on Twitter actually had a conversation about this, is that it's obviously water. It's, It's supposed to be water, and then that's the joke. Except for A, 98% of the people are missing that. And then B, again, like you said, it comes off creepy. It doesn't come off funny. And so that's just, uh, you know, let's look, you know, throwing stones, glass houses, who committed the first sin, whatever. And this is where we're getting, and this is where, again, Mm -hmm. when it comes back to the cornet thing, how was it handled? And it was handled right. poorly. It was handled. It was handled poorly by the NWA and people yeah. who represent the NWA. And that, and that's all I can really say to that. Hey, yeah. gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. I don't know if you're going to continue on or not, but I need to get out. Our, DK, I bid you adieu. Adieu. Good talking to you, Devin. Love you, buddy. So I I think that's going to actually wrap it up for this evening. Um, Again, there's a lot of questions that we need answers to. There's a lot of uh, we're actually airing some of the Alliance guys laundry right now because we don't know if there's going to be a show anymore. Uh, We don't know if this is going to be something we continue to do in some way, shape or form. You know, Jay Cal is going to be here talking NWA, um, but we'll see. Uh, I think we are going to take the next week off and uh, have some internal discussion. 
but one way or another, we'll be back after Thanksgiving with uh, some more NWA news, views, opinions, and all that good stuff. Uh, Mr. Frazier, how can they follow you on Twitter or Instagram or any of these social medias? How can they follow you, sir? Uh, well, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's uh, Kevin Lee Frazier, all one, uh, one word, two E's, L-E-E, uh, Frazier with a Z-I-E-R. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's the same, uh, Kevin Lee Frazier. And um, you know, Facebook, you can look me up as Kevin Frazier or Kevin L. Frazier or the Modern Day yeah. Hero if you're looking for, for pages. But uh, yeah, I've, I'm still, still very active in social media. Uh, Probably not uh, <laughs> as controversial as sure. maybe I would have been in my my wrestling days, but uh, definitely uh, still into motivating people and lifting people up. And uh, you know, if you were ever somebody that dealt with drug addiction or uh, self injury or um, you know lived a overtly promiscuous lifestyle, and you think maybe there's no hope for you that you can't get out, uh, you know. Scroll, scroll through my feed and you can see where I was, where I came from and where I am today. And just know that there's definitely hope for you. Um, and if anybody's you know struggling with something like that, especially somebody within the wrestling world, uh, I know that uh, making the transition from professional wrestling to normal life can be one of the most challenging things uh, a professional wrestler will ever or any entertainer for that matter will ever go through in their life. And so uh, hopefully if there's anyone ever listening to the show that may be struggling with that, I encourage you to reach out and uh, we can sit down and talk about it. And Jeez, Kev, you know, maybe you, I can honestly help you, you just gave transition. me the woman fuzzies. That's awesome, man. No, I'm, I mean, we're talking about such heavy, <laughs> heavy issues right now. And, and, and honestly, this is wrestling. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still just wrestling. Um, but what you're talking about is a lot greater than that. And uh, yeah. I'm glad you're out there uh, offering that kind of support. Um, guys, uh, it, you know, the pages, if you want to follow us, it's at the Alliance blog, that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, TikTok, and of course, YouTube, make sure you, uh, hit subscribe, like all that fun stuff and, uh, more content coming at you soon. This is the Alliance guys to be continued. We'll see. Um, until next time, I'll see you at the matches. Good night now. Good times, man.